Hey y'all, listen up. <laughs> Welcome to the Joy Fuel Kindcast, a show dedicated to global joy. Joy Fuel shines a light on people, kids, and grown-ups all around the world, doing things for kindness, creativity, and joy. Becky Suzik is our host, our friend, our partner for joy. She's also my mom. The Joy Fuel Kindcast exists to increase global joy. Listeners are invited to open their hearts and minds to guest stories, to consider our own connection to kindness and creativity, and how we can use these as gateways to deepen our practice and experience of joy. Thanks for listening. I'm Colin, and this is my mom. Hello, Mother. Thank you, Colin. Welcome, Joy Fuelers, to Episode 4 of the Joy Fuel Kindcast. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to a bright, kind-hearted soul who I am sure is about to inspire you. Liz Bukley works in the nonprofit sector and is the founder of The Smile Project, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to spreading happiness through intentional acts of kindness and empowering young people to create kindness clubs in their communities. Liz has found an extraordinary way to combine her passions for writing, traveling, and meeting kind people, spreading joy and kindness through her daily social media posts, capturing where she finds happiness. Liz has been writing Happiness Is posts for eight years and is about to share a post worthy of celebrating her 3,000th consecutive post for happiness. Liz has an infectious joie de vivre, I love saying that, and I know if you hear even one of her stories, you're going to feel uplifted. Hi, Liz. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us for the Joy Fuel Kindcast. I'm really excited and looking forward to our conversation and learning about the projects that you're involved with, specifically the Smile Project with a special anniversary that's coming up for you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to talk about the Smile Project. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So I'm really excited for this, for this conversation today. At first, maybe tell the story about how the Smile Project came to be. Yeah, so the Smile Project is a nonprofit organization that aims to spread happiness through intentional acts of kindness. And we do that by empowering young people to start SPARK clubs. SPARK stands for Strengthening Positivity and Reinforcing Kindness. And those are just kindness clubs that can be started anywhere by anyone, anytime. And the idea behind those is that we get young people involved in social change and show them that they can make a difference as one person from where they are. And that, you know, it doesn't have to be some grand, you know, what we always think of when we think of world changing people who speak to millions of people and who, you know, cure diseases and who do these incredible radical things. Um, But, you know, changing the world can look simpler than that. It can be, you know, being nice to a classmate or helping someone in need. And when we, you know, think about changing the world and, and think on that grand scale, it can sometimes make us feel like we can't make a difference. And so then we don't do anything at all. And that's a really good way to give up the power that we do have um, to make a difference by focusing on the people and um, opportunities to be kind that surround us every day. Um, yeah, the Smile Project was kind of an accident, though. I was always really passionate about wanting to make the world a better place, but I didn't know how to do it. And that, you know, kind of led to that. Um, a little bit of guilt and a little bit of, well, I'm one person, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And I was driving home from high school when I was 17 and had this very clear thought um, that wasn't just like, oh, I'm happy. You know, it's unseasonably warm for November in Western Pennsylvania. 
you know, I have my radio up and my windows down. That, that should have been the extent of that thought. It was just that this is a nice drive. But instead, I thought day one, happiness is those perfect car rides where the radio just plays all the right songs. Mm-hmm. And kind of a unique way to think, you know, people don't really um, think in weird day one type sentences like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like any 17 year old in 2011 who thinks they have an idea that's going to change the world. I went home, logged on to our family shared computer um, on Facebook, posted that sentence, and then logged out, did my homework, and went to bed. Uh, Didn't really think much of it and probably wouldn't have if it weren't for the next day. Um, I was at the Costco in my hometown with my mom and I had jumped up on the cart and was kind of gliding down the hill. And my mom was like, you're going to hurt yourself or a car or something, you know, and typical like <laughs> shenanigans of, of teenage life. And this older woman across the aisle kind of waved and smiled and was like, oh, don't worry. My husband does that. And so we, you know, we kind of laughed and shared this sweet moment. And I, we got back in the car and I was like, you know what, I, I, could, I should write about that. Um, still didn't really know what I was doing. But before I knew it, I had posted a week, I had posted a month, I had posted a year, I had posted 500 days. Um, Every single day since November 9th, 2011, I have posted a happiness is status. Um, Wow. And that kind of, yeah, yeah, (laughs) really crazy to think about. Um, And that that's kind of what grew into the smile project as it is today. It was there was never any clear um, plan for myself of saying, I want to start a nonprofit about happiness or kindness. That just wasn't on my radar. I was, you know, my senior year of high school, I was getting ready for college and thinking about what I wanted to do in the future and whatnot. And just the idea of running a nonprofit just was not on the radar whatsoever. And I just kind of stumbled into it through this this experiment in writing down daily joy. And I mean, the simple act of that changed my life in, in radical ways of the way I see things and the way I think about the world. And um, yeah, so, you know, to have been posting happinesses every day for that long is really m- most of my, you know, adult life, all of my adult life um, mm-hmm. has kind of been grown up through the lens of a happinesses. Um, and so it's been a really, really impactful thing for me. Wow. That's really amazing. Now, when you you started in 2011, and what is the anniversary post that you have coming up? What number is it? <laughs> yes, so January 25th, 2020 will be my 3,000th consecutive day of happiness is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's remarkable, and it's one of the most impactful things about it is when I started, I think I was about two weeks in when I thought I had covered everything. You know, I think I was around day 13 when I was like, okay, I talked about soup. I talked about my cross country teammates. I talked about, you know, falling asleep with rain hitting the window. I think I got it all, you know? Mm. And, um, as, cause I just wasn't in that mindset at that point in my life to be looking for and seeking out and understanding joy in, in all of its forms. And, you know, those days where I was like, I can't think of anything to post. I don't want to post anything. You know, those were probably pretty frequent in my first year. Yeah. And then a little bit less frequent in the second year, a little bit less, a little bit. And I, and at this point, um, it's been over eight years um, as we're having this conversation now. And I, I can't remember the last time that I was like, I can't think of anything. It, it's just become so ingrained in me that, oh, like, it's not a, it's not a question anymore of, well, I find something good to post about today. It's like, oh no, there's, there's something good. What, what do I want to pick of all these good things that have happened today? Wow. It just it totally shifts your mindset um, it's inc- for everything. It's, it's really such, there's so much wisdom in that because what you 
focus on intensifies and magnifies in your absolutely awareness so your initial commitment was the the beginner's mind and and exploring that and thinking oh maybe i've talked about everything but your commitment to say okay no what what's today and then looking for that and now coming up to your 3000th post to say well now i have to choose every day which thing should i should i share because right. that's really there's there's just so much wisdom in that if we practice that I mean, you hear about people talking about practicing gratitude and and you know putting your awareness on what you're grateful for and how you it it kind of prospers you kind of recognize all of the things that you're abundant for at least that was my experience when i did a gratitude practice um, years ago, you pick a word for the year, and my word was gratitude. And from that, it it really ignited everywhere I looked. I could see things that I became grateful for, and recognize the abundance that I had, and not the seeming deficit before. So I could see in your story how similar that is through using happiness and just through that lens of looking at everything of where is the happiness that now it's it's so abundant and all around you and everywhere you go and the posts that you create and the things that you're involved with you're propagating happiness too so it's just like um is, is love embodied love yeah and, and i'm so glad that you thank you for bringing up gratitude i that's something i've i've been really thinking about a lot more recently is how you know, the organization is called the Smile Project, and a lot of people know it because of the happiness is. But I, I think really happiness is is just a gratitude post. It's just something that I'm grateful for. Um, you know, I, the format of day one, day 12, day whatever happiness is, is the format I've used for since November 9th, 2011. But uh-huh. it really is at, at the heart of it. It's just what am I grateful for? Look at this beautiful thing. Look at this joy I get to see and, yeah. and experience in the world every day. Now, when you think of the word happiness, what what does that mean to you? Because I I know I, um, if we look at happiness and joy, like is there a difference in that to you, or you know how do you um, how do you define happiness? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, for my when I was um, getting ready to graduate from university, I spent uh, about a year studying happiness from an academic standpoint. Um, I'm not a psychology. I don't have that background at all. But, you know, I I did read a lot of case studies and a lot of books about happiness and joy and how we define these these things. And on a less academic note, obviously, I've been defining happiness for over eight years. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it really is ever evolving and it, and it comes down to how you choose to see things in a lot of ways. Um, I always joke that some of the happinesses are, are, are silly random ones about, you know, doing like hanging out with my friends or my favorite food or, you know, going on some adventure, but then there are a lot of very heartfelt and serious happinesses about sentimental moments or, you know, things that have changed my life in indescribable ways. And, and it's hard to capture all of that into just one word. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm probably defining is, is joy. Um, mm-hmm. But it's almost like all of these little happies, happinesses build up into to what is a really joyful life. Mm. If that makes sense. <laughs> it, it really does. And it's to, to me, it, I, I recognize the presence that you bring to it, like your, your awareness and your commitment to that, how that, 
has shaped something so beautiful and and has created ripple effects for other people to be blessed by because your commitment to where you're going to put your focus and, and where you're going to be present to the, the good things that are, the happiness that is, the joy that is, that as opposed to, you know, we're, I think as human beings, we're really good at tracking the things that are going wrong <laughs> and the things mm-hmm. that are, are distressing. And uh, that's why I, I, through this radio program, I love to talk with people about joy because, and, and happiness, because through just talking about it, that's, it beckons us to tr- start to track it each day you know, each day, each moment, because alongside all of the things that are so hard in life, joy does run parallel. I'm finding (laughs) it's becoming, Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. it's more of a practice for me than it is um, my default setting. Um, It's something that I I have to continually work on is to, to look for that, especially when, when things are really in turmoil. Um, and it's, it's really challenging. And when you have moments like that in, in your life where things are going awry and, um, I, I recognize that you, you have things that you can go to, to, to share and to, to reflect on. Do you, have you ever had moments where you just think, I know you said you couldn't find, you've, you've been able to find something, but do you ever feel, you know, burdened by this or, um, overwhelmed by doing this? That's a great question. And that's actually something that I've never been asked before, but I pre- I really appreciate that being asked because ap- absolutely, yes. You know, starting this at age 17 and then, you know, that covers a lot of time in my life from graduating high school, going to college, graduating college, moving to New York City, working my first, jo- you know, real job and a lot of just life changes in that time of growing up. And you know, just a lot of life changes in 3,000 days of, you know, attending funerals and posting a happinesses, putting my dog down and making a happinesses that same day. And, yeah. you know, things that have been really tough um, life experiences have happened at the same time. This joy was, as you said, running parallel to it. And there have absolutely been times, especially at the beginning, where I wanted to just be like, well, I don't know why everyone has to see me as this happiness is girl. I, <laughs> you know, there's things going yeah. on in my life, too. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it, it's it's a practice that you have to, to practice and build up. And just like anything else, I'm, I'm a runner and, you know, I couldn't just lace up shoes and, and run a marathon without training for it. And I mm-hmm. think that's something we forget is with something like your mental health or your ability to see gratitude or the way you experience joy, that's also a muscle that has to be practiced. And it can be as simple as, you know, it probably takes me five minutes to, to write down a happiness is post it and, and, you know, think about it and move on. It's not, not even, you know, it's not a whole lot of time every day, but that strengthening that muscle through that simple act every day has made me overall a more resilient person so that when those hard and challenging days come up, which, you know, over the course of eight years have been many, I, I feel better equipped to, process the emotions that are hard and to not not brush past them as in oh everything's fine everything's you know good vibes we're great Mm -hmm. everything's fine Mm -hmm. because I I also don't like that I I really value with the smile project being as authentic as I can about like yeah this really horrible thing has happened today but in spite of that there is beauty and in spite of this horrible heartache and pain or you know world event that feels you know, traumatic and hard to understand, Mm. there is still good. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like that Mr. Rogers quote, you know, like, look for the helpers. Yes. Um, 
look for the good. It's it's there even when it's a little bit hidden and even when it's a little bit hard to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. And that's so powerful. It's it, over the last 3000 days, there have been so many public tragedies. And I know there've been times mm-hmm. for things that, that I've been working on uh, online where I think, how can I post a post for joy? Uh, you know, because mm-hmm. today, you know, this, this really horrific thing happened and yet and yet joy is right alongside and if we we bow to it and and give gratitude gratitude to it and we nurture that it it somehow it doesn't rejuvenate us but it 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 just makes us feel more alive and and more present and uh for me it 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 activates some more hope in myself for the next moments Absolutely. I, and, and I'm glad you mentioned with some of the things that, you know, we hear in the news or we see even beyond our personal lives, but in the, in the public life. Yeah. And I, I, that brought me back to, I remember when the Sandy Hook shooting happened, I had three people reach out to me and say like, what, how does this happen? What can we, you know? And, and, and I was like, well, why are you asking me? I just, and it wasn't, you know, super close personal friends. It was three people who had, you know, followed the smile project and they said, what do we do? How, like, how can this happen? And that's when I kind of realized that like, I don't have, you know, I'm not going to have the answers for some of these horrible things that happen. And just like, I'm not going to be able to cure a disease or make sure every starving child has a meal or clean up the oceans or do any of these big things that, um, you know, when I was young, I thought I had to do to make a difference. But if in that moment where people feel really hopeless and like there isn't anything good, if the smile project can provide something that says, I know this isn't okay right now and it might not be okay for a while, but there is still something beautiful. when We come out of all of this. There's still something beautiful in some small way. That is, that is my contribution to, Mm -hmm. to making the world a happier and kinder place to be. Mm. Mm. That's really beautiful. Um, Thank you for sharing about the, the reflection on when Sandy Hook happened and how people reached out to you. I'm wondering overall if there are other stories of, of shares that people have had with you and reactions um, that things may have sparked other people to have similar um, posts and, um, and, and just things that you've noticed in the ripple effects of the work that you've been doing through these 3,000 posts. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things about the Smile Project is how accessible it is. And when I, when I talk about it, I try to make it really, really clear. I was probably the least qualified person at age 17 to all of a sudden start, you know, branding myself as a happiness expert. I, I just wasn't <laughs> in that mindset and I wasn't thinking like that. And it wasn't something that I was, you know, actively doing or looking into at all. And, uh, you know, the only thing that sets me apart in that way from any of my peers was that I just decided to do one thing every single day for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nothing that anyone else listening to this couldn't do. You know, mm-hmm. I had an old notebook and I would just write down every single day, one thing. And that's, that, that is such a simple act that can have such a profound impact um, that I, I, I encourage people to, to take up something like that. And oftentimes I will hear maybe a year, two years later from someone that, you know, was in the audience of a speaking engagement I did who will say, oh, by the way, I just hit my 400th day of happiness. 
Oh. And I'll be like, I didn't even know you were doing that, you know, and they'll send me a picture of their notebook or they'll, uh-huh. they'll tell me how they've started to do that. And um, that that's, for me, that's the greatest gift of, of this whole thing. I, I, knowing how much it has changed my life and, and knowing the power that it has. And then to see other people be like, oh, I started doing this and I just, I'm a different person now. I mean, that's, that's beyond anything I could have ever mm. um, imagined so that that's definitely one of those moments for me where you know seeing other people think in terms of happinesses every now and then I'll get a message of hey I you know I had this happinesses today and you know just knowing that people think and are more aware of that or seek it out in some ways more so now um, Mm -hmm. from being exposed to the smile project is is a really there's something I don't take for granted it's it's really special Mm. Wow. That's awesome. So that's a prescription from, from Dr. Liz here. <laughs> yes. to, that's, that's wonderful to start by just grabbing an old book and just each day writing down one thing and, and mm-hmm. uh, doing that over time. And that's, uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the smile project. Can you talk a little bit about the project aspect of the smile project? Yes. So that question is always fun because I get to talk about how we moved from just being a online inspiration hub to really going out into communities and making a bigger difference. I think I was 19 or 19 or 20 and I was giving a presentation at a leadership conference down in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I I was talking about the smile project and kindness and how posting these happinesses had changed my life and whatnot. And, you know, it felt like a good talk. And afterwards I was packing up my bag and a high school student came over to me and said, I love what you're doing. How can I be involved? And I looked at him and I thought about this leadership conference and all of these inspired young people I was speaking to. And I said, you can't. (laughs) and yeah I realized that was a missed opportunity and um so yeah I went home that night and and thought a lot about how to get people involved it just it hadn't dawned on me at that point you know everything I was doing was just something I had started when I was 17 and in high school and so the idea of other people wanting to get involved the idea that other people wanted to help spread joy and kindness just it just had truly never crossed my mind until we had that conversation that maybe lasted two minutes. And I think about that a lot as well, about how we often underestimate our ability to, to make big changes. But truly, everything that the Smile Project has become now is stems from that conversation after that, that presentation. Mm. Um, so I, I went home and, that night and I started creating what would grow into the SPARK program. So as I mentioned before, SPARK stands for Strengthening Positivity and Reinforcing Kindness. And those are kindness clubs that are started by students in high schools and colleges who just want to make their worlds a better place. And so it's a place for connection. It's a place for community. What every school does is kind of up to the leadership board of, of that, that school that year. So even in the course of a few years, what a club does might vary from year to year. We've had um, groups of students pass out free snacks during finals week. We've had them host free yoga classes for students to distress. We've had them raise money for other nonprofits or write letters to a nursing home. One of my favorite Spark um, activities that multiple schools have done is they've written down either every name of every student in the senior class or of the entire school, you know, depending on the school size. And then they write a compliment next to that 
person's name. So it would be like, Becky is always smiling and has a nice word to say or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they hung those all over the school um, just to make people feel like they were seen and recognized. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really incredible to see what these, what these students come up with every year. And it's also incredible to see the, the community that is built of just knowing that, you know, whatever else is going on in their life and their day to day, they have this club with where they are going to be surrounded by a bunch of other people who want to make their world a better place. And that's, that community, I think, is just super valuable, especially at a young age. Mm. How do the Spark clubs get started? It, it really, um, anyone can start one. So if you're in, listening and you're interested, um, let me know. We have a, start, a Spark startup packet that we send to schools if they are interested in starting a club. And it really, most of the time, stems from students finding out about the SMILE project and being inspired and then taking the initiative to go to their school and say, we need a kindness club here. Here's the group of people. We're going to lead it. We're going to run it. And we're going to make this community a kinder place to be. So it's, it's meant to be really um, student run. Youth empowerment is something that's very important to me, especially as I said, I started this when I was 17. And I, I think we don't often give young people the credit they deserve of mm-hmm you know, they, they want to make the world a better place and they have everything within them to do it now. But I think often as a young person, you're kind of told, well, you should wait until you have a degree or wait until this or wait until that. And there's really no, no reason to wait. Mm -hmm. You know, every, you have everything inside you right now that you need to make a difference. It just comes down to, are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. And, and I like to think that these spark clubs are opportunities for, for people to really grow in that direction. That's terrific. I'm going to include a link beneath our um, podcast for folks to uh, click on that link and check out the um, spark more kindness on their campuses and uh, and at high schools too. You said, did you say that? Correct. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Schools and colleges. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You know, on our program, we like to talk about kindness too. And I loved the ideas that you were sharing uh, with the Spark Project and um, showing students kindness. Are there any um, projects that come to mind, particularly that ripple out kindness? Hmm. Anything that you've been part of or when you did that road trip, um, were there some kindnesses that you witnessed or were part of that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the road trip, I, I love talking about the road trip. So the basic synopsis is I always wanted to, I love traveling and I love talking to people and meeting people. And as the smile project continued to grow, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to drive around the United States and just spread a whole lot of kindness and that's what we did. So my best friend and I quit our jobs and rented a car and spent two months driving around the United States. And the goal was to prove that no matter where we live, what we look like, what we believe in, who we voted for, any of the other seemingly divisive um, attributes, we wanted to show that people are kind and human decency runs through all of us and that people are generally good and want to help one another. Mm-hmm. And we were on the road for two months facilitating a big pay it forward project. So what that looks like is um, in addition to, you know, doing simpler acts of kindness everywhere we went, the the main project was the pay it forward. So for example, we worked with a group called random acts of kind trip in New Mexico, and they helped us collect a lot of animal supplies for a shelter. 
So we met with them. We hosted a little shelter drive and took the, all the supplies to our next city, which was Arizona, in Arizona. And we dropped off a ton of um, supplies to a local animal shelter there, cat litter, dog toys, paper towels, everything you can imagine. And in exchange for all of those supplies, the staff at the shelter had written letters to veterans. So we took 50 really nice handwritten cards with us. And our next stop was in San Diego. And we went, worked with the veterans nonprofit there, the Travis Mannion Foundation. And we passed out those letters to veterans. Mm. In exchange, the veterans had done a school supply drive. And so we did a little exchange there and then drove on up to Los Angeles, where we went to the Skid Row Learning Center and dropped off all of the school supplies and then worked with the students at the learning center to um, make really sweet, beautiful marker, crayon, glitter glue cards for um, the residents at Escaton Senior Living Center um, outside of Sacramento, which was our next stop. And so everywhere we went, we were trying to tie people and places and causes even together that might otherwise not think they have anything in common in a place they might never visit um, you know, in a way of collaboration that they might never think of. And so, wow, wow. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Now I can't help, but wonder about the logistics before you arrived there. What does that look like to orchestrate a kindness propagation tour like that? I mean, does it, do you contact you have the idea well, we could go to this one place and then at this place we could, we could have them do this. Do you call them ahead of time? Do you co-create? Do you collaborate? Do you say, this is what we'd like to do for your organization? Um, is there something that you guys would want to do to gift it forward? Or what does that, that back-end conversation look like for uh, people who are listening who think, I'd like to do something like that, but how, how do you even begin? <laughs> Yeah. Um, the answer is all of the above. Um, it was, it, the, the planning process was crazy. Uh, you know, originally I wanted to just volunteer and then feature a bunch of nonprofits. And I thought, oh, you know, what if we have car trouble and we're running late? And so then I thought, okay, plan B, we'll just do um, acts of kindness everywhere, you know, like buying someone's coffee. But that seemed really monetarily focused. And I wanted it to be more accessible and and focus more on the resources of time and talents to make mm -hmm. a difference rather than financially. And so I, you know, I got this idea in my head of this pay it forward map, which at the time seemed like a really simple idea um, until you begin building out a map. You know, it's one thing to logistically plan even where you're going to camp every night, but then to add on top that you want to work with a nonprofit and you want to, you know, not just work with them, but you are bringing them something and then asking something of them was, was really tricky. Um, and some of it was, you know, I, I am fortunate enough to be connected to quite a few nonprofits around the country. And so I, some I knew that I was going to be in that area and wanted to work with. And others was truly, I, I distinctly remember driving um, to Seattle and calling someone as we were on the way and saying, hey, um, here's what we're doing. And, you know, it was a good phone call and they seemed really interested. And they said, well, when will you be here? And I said, tomorrow. <laughs> um, and it worked, you know, I mean, I, I was, I was shocked at how open and willing everyone was to just help out. And they were so excited to be a part of it. And I, it goes back to, you know, the whole, you never, you don't, you, the answer is going to be no until you ask essentially. Okay, right. And, and just how open people were to, to help and how excited they were to be involved was um, really eye-opening to me in terms of planning something that that big because it was 
quite a bit of logistics um, to, mm. to put that together. And what was the name of the tour? So if you, on social media, we use the hashtag smile project road trip, um, mm -hmm. no spaces. That was kind of what we used the most to try to track ourselves. Uh -huh. um, I, for fun, kind of like internally, we called it the kindness always tour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had big yellow magnets on the side of our rental car and um, <laughs> we're still able to do those those other acts of kindness of, you know, buying someone's breakfast at a diner and then watching from afar as they were surprised with a free meal. You know, we were able to do things like that as well. Um, and it was just so cool when you're always looking for an opportunity to spread kindness. Wow. How many how days that. was that? 56. 56. 56. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. And how, how did yeah. you fund that trip? So we received a grant which covered pretty much everything and then we also did a little bit of um, a personal fundraiser and had individual donors help us out a lot which was really great because we were able to also then use um, additional funds to do those acts of kindness that were more monetary focused and you know buy someone's coffee and, and things like that as well and who gifted you the grant the Pollination Project. Yay, our friends at the Pollination Project. Yes. <laughs> Yay, yeah. I love that. Yes, That's, yes, we love um, the Pollination Project. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. So 56 days of kindness always mm -hmm. and the idea of a pay it forward map. That is there an actual physical map that you created or a visual map that you created from that or is that... Um, uh, poetic license I guess or, or no there is there is um I, you know I, I built out this little map before we left and then on the first day we ended up like taking a route that took us through West Virginia when we didn't think we would and so I think West Virginia is like not colored in but it should be or Maryland is <laughs> or there's something like the, the first day the map was already wrong but um, <laughs> we, we do we are going to create a new map with all the stars of the cities that we stayed in or we did a project in um and, oh. and yeah, it's, it's it's what year remarkable. did you do the trip? What year was that? That was um, the summer of 2018. And is there going to be another tour, another trip? I think that's a strong possibility. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> I want to yeah, be on the, on the stop. <laughs> you need to come to North Carolina. I know everybody's probably saying that. <laughs> you need to come to Australia. Oh. <laughs> you need to you need to come everywhere. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. I, I think that's a strong possibility. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Wow. Wow. It just, like when, I, I'm a huge believer that the more projects for kindness and the more simple, accessible things that we do and share for kindness, the more that generates other people creating acts of kindness because like you were saying you know it's you, you don't you, you can just do it you don't have to you know the answer is no until you ask like you, you said that's just exactly. so powerful and your ability to communicate all of these things that you've been doing and online and and having that consistency has there's no way that you'll know the impact that you'll have, but just you'll get hints of it, I'm sure, and people responding to you and then sharing, oh, their books for happiness. It's just, it's an immense amount of, of goodness. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and one thing that's really important to note, I, sh I should have mentioned this when I mentioned the road trip, um, you know, we were seen as these little kindness crusaders who were going everywhere and trying to spread joy and, and make the, you know, communities more connected across the country and whatnot. But 
we were on the receiving end of so much kindness on the course of the trip. Um, you know, I have a, a good friend in Texas who said, tell me where you're going to go in Texas and I will make sure you have somewhere to stay every night that you're there. And he Aww. did. And we had somewhere to stay every night in Texas. And it's, that's, you know, that's an example of a friend, a dear friend helping us out. But there was also a moment in South Dakota where um, I I've had never been to South Dakota prior, didn't know anyone through a kindness group, got connected to a woman named Katie who helped us with our project there. And I was meeting with a church group and talking about the Smile Project and the road trip. And then we were set to go back to the Badlands National Park and camp that night. But it was apparently very windy, which I, you know, it's hard to forecast the weather when you're planning 56 days out. But, mm. um, you know, we had our camp and we had our tent and I figured it'd be fine. And we're kind of wrapping up this, this Q&A session. And this woman says, oh, where are you guys staying tonight? And I said, oh, we're, you know, we're going to camp tonight and then we're driving to Omaha in the, in the morning. And she said, no, 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 that won't work. And she was already out of the room on her phone. And I kind of was like, okay, I don't know what that's about. But, you know, we went back to, you know, the rest of the group and, you know, talking to the rest of the group. And she came back and said, okay, so I used to work at this campsite. They have an open cabin tonight. You're all set to go. They'll give you a hot breakfast in the morning and pack you lunch, lunch to go. Oh, wow. And that, I mean, I think about that moment quite often. I, you know, we received so much kindness on the trip, but that was just, I just, I never, you know, I remember sitting there on a bar stool and like, just tearing up instantly and being like, she just met me a half hour, if that ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she doesn't know anything. She never heard of the smile project. Doesn't know me. Doesn't have, no, we're not mutual friends. There's no real, there's no reason she has to do any of this. She, you know, we have a campsite and yes, it's apparently going to storm, but that's mm -hmm. not her problem, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about all of these things and without being asked, without it, even us even mentioning that she recognized that that could be a situation. And then, was able to hook us up to um, a place she used to work that just happened to have an open cabin for the night. And, you know, she was right. They took, we got there and they gave us a hot breakfast in the morning and packed us PB and J's for the road because <laughs> the next day was a full driving day. And, you know, it was just, I, I think about that a lot of, um, and it was that woman's birthday, you know, it was a day all uh, about her and then it wasn't, you know, it was yeah. her birthday and she saw an opportunity to, um, help someone that she didn't even know who didn't even know they needed help because I didn't check the weather. Um, and I just, it was, it was a really um, simple act of, you know, she had this resource that, that could have helped us. And, and I, that just really, really, I remember that meaning a whole lot to me in that moment of, of people, of an example of how, you know, people want to help. Yeah. I mean, that's it. People just want to help. Yeah. And then the fact that she, just jumped in and took care of it. Didn't ask for, <laughs> you know, didn't ask for anything leading into it. Just saw an opportunity to, to bless you guys and jumped on it and made it happen. Like instead of waiting for something to happen, making it happen, taking those actions. Absolutely. That's incredible. Absolutely. What a beautiful story. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Then when you eat peanut butter and jelly like that, it's like the best tasting peanut butter and uh -huh. jelly you've ever had. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. We drove like eight or 10 hours. And that was one of our longest because we didn't drive, we, you know, didn't drive too much, but that was one of our longer drive days. And so that was real great to have, have lunch already for us in our cooler. Wow. And how many miles did you end up doing on that trip? 
just under 13,000. 13,000 miles yeah. over 56 Rental days. car place was not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Is there um, a link on your website uh, for details about the project that I could share? Absolutely. Yep. If you go to the Smile Project website under programs, um, the Smile Project Road Trip tab has lots of information about the trip and lots of pictures as well. I'll post a link to the Smile Project Road Trip information that Liz had um, in the linkies below. So listeners can check out the the trip that you had and see some beautiful pictures of the places and people that you visited on that 56 day journey through, oh, through kindness and, and uh, wow, all of those ripples. That's really fantastic. When um, on the topic of, we talked about happiness and joy and we talked about kindness and obviously behind all of this is your creative power, your creative ability, and the people that you've collaborated and co-created with to have all of these things ripple out in the world. And I wonder if you have any feelings, you know, on, on our program, we like to talk about kindness, creativity, and joy. And so I wonder if you, you have any um, feelings or thoughts about the power or the role that creativity plays in the work that you're doing. Absolutely. I love... I love creating just in general. My preferred medium with that is just writing. I love, love writing. I love talking to people, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And and the opportunity to do both of those with the Smile Project, I think, has been one of the biggest reasons that it's been able to grow as it has. I think, you know, I always joke that my favorite things are writing, speaking, and connecting people. and I've been able to tailor the Smile Project to allow me to do those three, th- three things in a really sustainable way. I think if I had, you know, built the Smile Project and then assigned myself to, you know, do all of our branding and graphic design, that would have been a really easy and fast way for me to just hate it. You know, that's not something I'm, that's not my area of expertise. It's not something I'm passionate about. It's just, it stresses me out. It's not how I want to create. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to bring on someone to, you know, design our logo and our spark club logos. And that, you know, helps both of us. Cause that is something our graphic designer, Jackie Schultz is really passionate about. And she does an incredible job for us. Mm. Um, on the other hand, leaning into what creatively I enjoy and makes sense for me and makes me feel really alive and happy is the writing aspect of it is going to schools and talking to students is having conversations like this about about things I care about you know and so finding what makes the most sense for me creatively has really been important for just the sustainability of the work and knowing that I don't have to do every aspect of everything I can find the parts that make sense for me and then bring in someone else to help with the things that don't because I think a really quick way to burn yourself out really quickly is doing things that you know someone else wants to do and will Mm -hmm. have better success in yeah absolutely well are there any other stories you'd like to share um else that I will share I will share one story um on this idea of everyday kindness that really stuck with me after the road trip because you know the road trip not very often do you quit your 
comfortable full-time job in the city that you love to spend two months living out of a rental car with your best friend. That's not, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, a normal weekend plan. And so, well, the kindness road trip was unbelievable in every aspect. Um, I understand it's not sustainable and it's not, you know, the most accessible thing. And so when the road trip ended, you know, during the road trip, every single day, every single minute, we were looking for opportunities to be kind and to share joy. And when I got back from the road trip, I realized that, you know, there still had to be ways for me to make the world a kinder place, just on a more like an everyday level. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking a lot about the, well, I, I'm not going to, you know, do a whole school supply drive every Tuesday, but what can I do to make a difference? And it, it got in my head a little bit of, well, are these simpler acts really making a difference? And to kind of combat that, I'm going to share a story from when I was living in New York City, or when I first moved to New York City in 2016. And I took the shuttle from Times Square to Grand Central Station every morning for work. And those are two of, you know, the busier stations in Mm -hmm. Manhattan, um, Times Square and Grand Central. And um, I remember this particular time, I was really struggling with a lot of things and just was really stressed and frustrated about a whole lot of issues. And I remember just trying to go to work, keep my head down and do my thing. And I was commuting and one of the shuttles was down. So there was a lot more traffic than usual. And people were kind of pushing to get onto the train. And I I remember stepping back and just kind of thinking like, you know what, no rush. I'm early anyway. Like, I'll just get on the next shuttle. I'm not going to, not doing the pushing, shoving thing today, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I'd kind of stepped back and this older woman who was already on the train kind of just shifted slightly and, you know, in in her shifting and moving her bag a little bit, there opened up this little human sized space on the, on the train. And she kind of smiled at me and did a little head nod. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got on the train, door shut, went to Grand Central, went to work. And, and that was that. And that's the entire mm-hmm. moment, right? We didn't, I don't know her name. We didn't exchange information. There was no even like, you know, other than like a little smile here and there. Mm-hmm. But I think about that moment probably on a weekly basis because mm-hmm. I was in such a place that day of just not caring about anything and just being really upset and just like kind of checked out. And in that moment, in the middle of the busiest city in the country, this Mm -hmm. one person had done like something that takes five seconds to do, Mm -hmm. just shifting slightly Mm -hmm. and smiling. And and in those two actions kind of showed me that she saw me, she recognized me and that I was going to be okay. And it sounds insane, you know, to talk about this event from three or four years ago that had such a profound impact on me that I still bring it up in, in presentations. But truly that moment was an example to me of how, of what everyday kindness can look like and how it, it really doesn't have to be complicated. It's, it's simply a matter of, of doing the right thing. And I know, I mean, I'm certain that that woman has not thought about that day since, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that is such a fascinating idea that you might think, Oh, it was nothing. Oh, I just moved. I just let someone on the, on the train. That's like, that's nothing, you know, right. but you don't know who, who is on the receiving end of that and, and what that might mean for them. And so I think about that a lot when people think you have to to do something, you know, radical and remarkable, it, you know, will make all the headlines. But I mean, that truly is, is a profound moment in my life that mm. no one will ever think about or talk about and that nor will that woman. Mm. Um, 
And so I, I like to share that as an example of you might not see the full circle and the full ripple of, of your kind act, but trust me when I'm saying it, it mm-hmm. does absolutely make a difference. Wow. That's, that's so beautiful. That's so amazing. And like, that, that just kind of blows my mind because it makes me think of all of the unmemorable things, the unmemorable kindnesses that have happened to each of us that, that have made us where we are right now. You know, like there are mm-hmm. kindnesses that we, that we stand on, that we live from, that we don't even remember, that we don't even know. And hopefully mm-hmm. that if we can consciously choose to be part of those for other people, it, it really does make the world a better place the tiniest absolutely really does that is so beautiful Liz thank you so much for sharing that story and it's certainly making me think of all of the little things that that really add up to something really powerful and beautiful in our lives the kindnesses thank you so much and thank you so much for being on our program and telling us about the projects that you're part of and the amazing happiness ripples and kindness ripples that you are creating in the world it really is a beautiful thing thank you so much yes thank you so much for having me this has been this has been really fun and and being able to reflect on happiness and kindness especially as we're approaching um, day 3000 has been really special that's awesome is there anything that we can do to support you Yes, um, definitely check out our website is the-smile-project.com. I'm sure Becky will put it in the notes. Um, But yeah, check out, we put blogs out twice a week. You can read Every Happiness Is under the Happiness Is tab. You can search for them by um, a specific date, like your birthday or anniversary or a day number or specific keywords. Um, Super. I'll put, I will include that link. And um, I have to ask with all of this writing and your love of writing, will there be a book? I hope so. I actually <laughs> wrote a book after the, after the road trip and I'm working now on taking the steps to get that published. That's fantastic. Well, we'll certainly share that good news when that becomes available, hopefully sooner than later because we need more happiness in the world and you certainly are helping to generate that so well awesome is there anything else you'd like to share just a big thank you thank you thank you thank you this has been a really fun time to to spend with you today and i'm really really grateful for the opportunity awesome well thank you liz i'm so grateful too and look forward to connecting with you again and you take care thank you so much becky thank you everyone the joy fuel theme music is the song being kind by nemo patel our show is produced and hosted by becky susan it is made possible from a global kindness grant from the pollination project and from generous listeners like you If possible, please consider donating to help with all the show's costs. Visit www.joyfuel.org. We promise to put your gift to work for kindness, creativity, and joy.